Bruce. I welcome everybody who is joining me for this special inspirational piano concert called Amazing Grace. So my name is Jessica Romisher. I do these concerts twice a week on Monday and Thursday nights, Eastern Time in the U.S. and here in Sydney, where I'm playing to you from, it is there on Tuesday and Friday mornings. And I welcome everybody. These concerts are supported by donations on my website, which I appreciate greatly. And just to start with these couple of announcements before I begin, that I'm looking for also someone who is in a position to help me realize my vision of a place where, you know, someone who understands the power of sound vibration, especially at this critical juncture in history, a time when we are grappling with so much, you know, particularly in my home country of the United States, it matters not that I'm here in Australia, I feel everything that's going on. I imagine this place where I can have my big pianos, where the strings, you know, and those beautiful spruce soundboards will emanate the vibrations across the expanse to all in need of healing and hope. Sound vibration, dear friends, is said to be the medicine of the future, and I believe that the future has come. So I welcome you to this concert here. Because the United States has been very much on my mind. The distance is non-existent between me here and everybody there and anyone who is tuning in. There are multiple levels of challenges, dire challenges, challenges calling to us to enter into that sacred realm of intercession that we may, through our intentions and prayers, change the reality into one that I believe is the promise of our existence here on Earth. This glorious planet that floats in the vast expanse of space. So this concert, dear friends, is about something that has been on my heart and mind. It is like the heart of the darkness that is there in the background of my home country, by extension the world, and certainly you see in the United States which was founded on the highest ideals 
but is now carrying the shadow of our history and very specifically the history and the experience and the, and the profound sufferings unfathomable dear friends unfathomable of the millions of people brought into slavery over the course of decades and centuries in the United States. This concert is dedicated to two people. My dear beloved India Holland Garnett in Pennsylvania whose memories, reflections, sensibilities, and offerings that she has given me just in these last 24 hours, but over the course now of months of our connection, we've not met in person, but it doesn't feel that way at all. These things will figure in this concert. And I dedicate this to Reverend Peter Uban in Ghana, Africa, has become a spiritual guide, somebody who is honestly one of the most gifted, insightful, spirit-filled human beings that I know, and his tireless Love, friendship, and support, spiritual guidance has enhanced my life in ways that I don't have words to express. So in this past week, as I've played, you may have heard to help assuage the plight of thousands of people in the Western United States threatened by some of the largest wildfires, forest fires, that we have ever seen in that country. We have seen it here in Australia not long ago. And there in the summer now, heat and wind, people have been forced to evacuate their homes. And the best hope as I understand it and have experienced it and felt it for all of those thousands of firefighters to help protect life and limb and property was the abatement of the wind. And when I discovered that, I felt called into the center of the wind. As I was playing these very notes, as I am playing these very notes, Prayers, dear friends, matter. They matter a lot. We have no idea how the vibrations of our words and our prayers and hear these notes you see 
move into reality. My beloved dad, you know, before he passed, and I feel him with me now, recognized the power of word and music and music, you see, and it's infinite. Qualities, the power of it to move the human heart, move reality toward that which is our promise, dear friends. You know, there are not that many, if any, planets that we know of that are like Earth. And here we are on this extraordinary blue orb floating in the vast, velvety darkness of space. So when I learned, dear friends, that the wind to abate, ease, there in the western United States. I felt in my heart, you see, the power of what we can do, of our prayers and our words and vibrations. I do believe it. And as I was sharing all of this with my dear friend, Reverend Peter Uban, he said, you know, I can feel that your heart is connected there very profoundly to the United States. It's like that's your assignment. <laughs> so dear friends, I took that, you see, very seriously because we are wrought from whence we come and from where we come and from how we come, we are wrought from it all. There's a choicelessness to that, you know. We can't deny some fundamental aspects of one's own being, of one's own heart, one's own mind. We can't second guess it, overlay it, try and morph it into something else, you know, move it in some other direction. So that vision that I have of playing, you over the ocean. There's only one place on this grand continent I could be, and that's on the east coast. Why? Because the east coast faces west. And 8,000 miles here from where I am are the grand shores of the United States, of the U.S., that place that gave birth to me. As I was walking yesterday, dear friends, thinking about all of this, here on the sand, 
something I'm able to do blessedly, you know. Even though the whole city is in lockdown, I can still walk on the sand. And another blessed thing, dear friends, is that the little children can play, and I've seen many children play. But there in the evening, the light waning as I was walking, the beach nearly deserted. What I saw dotting here and there were the most delightful little things, evidence of those children's presence that day, yesterday. Little troughs where children had created something that the water would run into when it rose up little sand castles piled as high as they could make them with little windows, you see. And I began to marvel and delight in these little creations that had been formed by these children that day, yesterday. And as I walked, I began to feel in anticipation of the next one that I would see. Even in the waning light, mauve, deep blue as the light waned, I could see the imprints of little hands in the sand. Each hand having been placed there to do something form this little creation, or not so little. And I could feel that child's presence in the handprint, those handprints here and there that had been left. It's like the child was still there. back in the dark, recesses of time, in those ancient caves where humans first occupied this earth. And when they began to discover that they could impress their presence, their experience, their lives onto the walls of those caves. One of the things that they impressed was their hands. And some of those are still left now, all these years hence. The life of that person carried through identity of that person carried through.
there's something you see, dear friends, about the United States. It was conceived with the highest ideals. are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these, among these, are life, liberty, talking to Reverend Peter Uban in Africa two days ago, and I was sharing with him the depths of my sense of compassionate, like a compassionate heart connection to what is happening there. And when he said to me, you know, after I described to him my experience of playing to all of what was unfolding in California, he reminded me of the ideals upon which the United States was founded. ideals. And as I was preparing for this concert, dear friends, you know, the words that every single morning when I was growing up at school, we would be, we would stand all of us children behind our desks and say what is called the Pledge of Allegiance to the Flag. And I haven't said that Pledge of Allegiance in decades, but the words came back to me like it was yesterday, have been imprinted into my consciousness. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic 
for which it stands, one nation, one nation, under God, with liberty and justice for all. As my dearest friend India Holland Garnett said, you know, this is a, a struggle, an aspiration, almost like a battle, a soul battle for the soul of America, wrought with those words that I read to you. That's the spirit, the heart, the soul one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. So dear friends, you know when something is on my heart and like an undeniable sort of inexorable um, pressure coming from a place that I can't exactly, you know, identify. But life seems to do interesting things. So in the light of what I'm just sharing with you, it became clear to me that in the light of the words that I recited, <laughs> that I could remember having grown up there, I felt dark, like the heart of darkness, the dark weight, unfathomable, immeasurable in its dimensions and presence, the unfathomable weight and presence of the shadow of the suffering of all the people of the United States, held captive under the most brutal of circumstances and treatment, 
very beginning and even before of what we call, quote, modern America, you know, from the very beginning and even before leading into those words that I recited to you. Slavery in the United States predated the founding of the United States. It came in with the colonies there and went on for decades and centuries. dear friends, you know, that somehow move into that space. I don't know that they're low enough notes on this instrument. For those wordless depths, great James Baldwin, and I thank India, Holland Garnett for this, the gifted writer, African-American, he said, America exacts a price from every black person in this country. He said, slavery put a curse on America. And if you're trying to avoid the reality of that, how can we face it? How can one face it? thinking of the little hands of children, black children, 
born into slavery, black children there, their little hands. Only wanting to play naturally. Innocence, dear friends, is the most precious and delicate thing there is. So India's great-grandfather was a man named Henry Highland Garnett, born in 1807, born into slavery. Imagine a child born into slavery. As India said, you know, she evoked in my own mind and heart. She said, I don't know though many of my family beyond my grandparents, the names, that's how it is. So it's like life becomes kind of suspended. That identity, which is so precious, each of us being unique, endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these, the pursuit of happiness.
So I think that, you know, God gave me a sign the day before yesterday as I was carrying this in my heart. Because I was walking here 11,000 miles away, thinking about everything. to a spot that I love overlooking the ocean facing east. Feeling this sense of weight. James Baldwin said, he said, you know, if you don't know what's going on in the hearts and minds of millions of people in this country, by which he meant America, he said, then you don't know what's going on in your own heart So I was walking up day before yesterday thinking about feeling this in kind of increasing weight, increasing weight. And I sat down on a bench just to gaze out at the horizon east. 8,000 miles beyond is the west coast of the United States. The vast expanse of ocean opening my mind and heart in deepening contemplation. And a couple walked by seen them before and you know it's not as if everyone I see around here I recognize it's not like that at all but there was something about them you know, even in lockdown we can walk and it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And I said, yes, it really is. There was something thoughtful about them, this man and woman, 
Maybe they were in their late 60s or early 70s. But the man, he didn't sound Australian. I was intrigued both by their thoughtfulness and the sense of kind of unfamiliarity. There was something uncanny about them. And I don't know, dear friends, if you've ever had this experience, you know, where something happens, somebody kind of pops up and you feel as if there is a kind of different dimension that's opened to you. I had that sense. So I remarked and I said, you know, you don't sound Australian. And he said, I'm not. He said, I'm Argentinian. And I said, that's interesting, because actually, dear friends, I do speak some Spanish. And I know people from South America, including my beloved godmother. But he didn't sound South American. He didn't sound Argentinian at all. And I said, you don't sound that. And he said, well, in actual fact, bears, my ancestors, my grandparents and great-grandparents came to Argentina from England. And there was like a sort of community of English people there. So I grew up speaking English. Spanish too, but English. And that was the explanation. And then he said, do you know the song Amazing Grace? And I said, yes. Actually, I play it all the time. I'm a pianist. And I do these concerts. And it is one of my favorite pieces of music. He said, do you know anything about that song? And I said, well, I know that it was written by a man named John Newton in England, who was the captain of a slave ship, and who at some point like Paul on the road to Damascus, was struck in a kind of revelatory horror of the effect of his life and choices and actions on the people that he was carrying in that boat 
across the Atlantic. And he stopped doing, doing it in like a spasm of remorse and regret that he would carry to the end of his life. And the song came out, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. So there, standing on that little path near the ocean's edge, talking to this man whose accent I could not originally sort of identify, but who turned out to be English, who asked me about Amazing Grace and who then said to me, he said, well, you know, I'm a descendant of William Wilberforce. He said, do you know who he is? And I said, well, I've heard the name. He said, well, basically he was the driving force behind the abolition of slavery in England. And then he said to me, he said, have you seen the movie Amazing Grace? And I said, no, I haven't. And he said, well, it's actually about William Wilberforce's life and the 40 years he dedicated to bringing about the abolition of slavery in England against the momentum the force, unfathomable force of resistance and cruelty there. extraordinary. I've been feeling this whole feeling on my heart and mind. And he said, you should go watch the movie. So the night before last, I watched the movie.
I learned for one thing that by the end of the 1700s which was just two decades after the initiation of the United States of America by that time 11 million people had been taken into slavery from Africa 11 million people over the course of 200 years Or Parliament, the conditions in those boats. And dear friends, there's something about just simply hearing the description that tears your heart. Just the words, just the description of it opens. Just the description. So I knew I sensed here how much I began to enter into the space like God wanted me to. And he brought to me a descendant. one of the most important abolitionists there is, was, is. Martin Luther King, a hundred years later, still all of the things that are besetting because this deep well of pain and suffering ideals with which the United States was founded, a shadow still.
Luther King said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. I believe that unarmed truth, unarmed truth, and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. This is why right, temporarily defeated, is stronger than evil triumphant. believe, dear friends, that only is this huge, deep well of unfathomable suffering is entered into to be felt to be the greatest expression of courage amidst everything. Having come out. That suffering doesn't go anywhere, dear friends. We carry, you know, collectively
what has happened to us. We are one after all, you and I, dear friends. And together, it's only in together that we will recreate this world. James Baldwin said, he said, you know, the white person, he said he looks, he thinks he's watching, the prison he thinks he's watching, when he looks at black people. That prison is his own. suffering is our own. It's no separate thing. So I'm going to play <laughs> two of the most beautiful hymns. One for India's beloved mom. we share as we tarry there. No other has ever known.
Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. I looked over yonder, and what did I see? Coming for to carry me A band of angels coming after me, coming for to carry me home. greatest legacies there is is of african-american music it is held there the vibrations of this most these incredible themes 